Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. Our second day in Flom began when our gracious and knowledgeable guide, Sophie Torley Olson from Visit Flom, who, as an aside, takes a mean panoramic photo, collected us from our hotel, the mighty comfortable Fretheim, and drove us into the spectacular snow-covered mountains to the Stegerstein viewpoint. 650 metres above Orlandsford, the upward drive is breathtaking enough. I kept wanting to stop and take photos. But once you get to the viewing platform, you're speechless at the beauty spread out before you. Stegerstein viewpoint juts out 30 metres from the mountainside, giving you an unparalleled panorama of the fjord, mountains and surrounding landscape. Dozens upon dozens of happy snaps followed. You know something? As good as these are and will be as a record of cherished memories, the best way to take it in is with your eyes. Just stand there for a few minutes and contemplate how bountiful Mother Nature is. No descriptors are adequate. This is something you just have to do to fully appreciate. Then it was off for a guided tour of the Orland Shoe Factory, A-U-R-L-A-N-D, one of 19 shoemakers in the village when the first shoe was made in the mid-1930s, but since 1989, the only one. They specialise in lace-less varieties, which you might know as loafers or slip-ons, but not just any slip-ons, those that feature a real 10 or a coin, being a tenth of a Norwegian kroner and no longer in circulation. These are on the front of each shoe, hence they're known as penny loafers. They come in many colours and textures, traditional leathers in light and dark brown and black, suede and patent, some even featuring fish, seal, calf and sheepskin with different soles for winter and summer. The story of the shoe began when an adventurous young man returned to the west coast of Norway after spending some time in America. He began his own shoemaking business, quickly building quite a reputation for his comfortable and well-made product. As to why the shoes have a coin in the front of them between two strips of leather, there are many probable reasons, including being a practical way to carry money, or even resistance to the Nazi occupation of Europe. Today, the factory that makes them employs seven people and also produces handbags and belts. The factory outlet has a museum which relays the history of the shoes. Although I was warmly dressed with thermals, the folk at Fjord Safari made sure I was properly kitted out before undertaking one of the great adventure rides aboard a rib, being a rigid inflatable boat. They presented me with a well-designed, heavily padded onesie to put over my clothes, as well as warmer head covering than that which I'd brought. The hat included inbuilt earmuffs, and they also gave me covering for my shoes and goggles to guard against the wind. They thought of everything to make my experience of the fjords in the area all the more complete. The word wonderful seems inadequate to describe the next two and a half hours, because our driver and guide, Thomas Wigg, made the region and the fjords come alive for us. In short, a fjord is a long strip of sea between steep hills. The company was started in 2001 with a catch cry of getting close to nature, and that they most certainly do. I undertook what's called the Heritage Taste Fjord Safari, 
which includes a stop to savour traditional goat cheese in a village that has a permanent population of just 60 and 600 goats. Called Undradal or Wonder Valley, it also boasts Northern Europe's smallest church that dates back to 1147. During the trip, we stopped at the apex of three fjords and an eagle circled in the sky above. Such natural beauty is extremely powerful and affecting. Among those three fjords is Norway's longest and deepest, if you count a fjord as being accessible, namely free-flowing and not permanently iced over. It's 204 kilometres long and 1.3 kilometres deep. The little rib made a number of short stops along the way for us to take in all before us without movement. But otherwise, it traversed the fjords and let us soak up the atmosphere, with our guide telling us some remarkable stories. In a place called Animal Valley, where there were up to 70 people in the 1800s, now there's only one, and 25 houses, and there are no roads in or out. At another point, there's a farm high up a cliff face, again with no road entry. There's a long and steep climb to get there of several hundred metres. The owners have now opened a B&B. &B. 16 people can stay at any one time. And there is a three-year waiting list. The Fjord Safari was a mighty, mighty experience. To share my enthusiasm, just check it out. Go to fjordsafari.com. That's F-J-O-R-D safari.com. Once on the superb Flom Railway from Myrtle to Flom, which we did the day before, wasn't enough. So we took the trip a second and then a third time, travelling back and forth from Flom this time. It was just as inspiring and allowed us to take some more spectacular photos and videos. It was like savouring the perfect treat again and again. Magnificent, spectacular and mighty, mighty special. There are those words again, the Fjord Safari and the Flom Railway. Go to visitflom, that's F-L-A-M, dot com. Upon our return, the chef at the Fretheim Hotel had prepared a mouth-watering, delicious three-course meal, comprising homemade vegetable soup, lobster with vegetables, complemented by a tomato salsa, and fresh fruit. Yummy! We had to be virtually rolled out of there. We were so full by meal's end. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.